Good morning. I come to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This quote from Jesus in today's gospel is easily the motto of the Christian faith. Love God, love others. But I wonder how easy it has become for us to be desensitized to these powerful and important words from Jesus. So as we begin our journey this morning, let's take a moment, take a deep breath, set aside our perceptions and see what renewed possibilities or insights these words might have for us today. Today we find Jesus, as we often do in the Gospels, in fierce debate with religious teachers of his day, the learned pastors of the people. They come to him in what is one of the most pivotal moments of Jesus' ministry. Jesus has been causing them a lot of problems uh, in the days immediately prior to this. A few days before, he entered on the back of a donkey as people cheered, and then the next day cleared the temple. Needless to say, the Pharisees and Sadducees are a little upset. This is the immediate backdrop of this passage. The stakes are high. How can this rabble-rouser claim to be a teacher of the law when he makes claims about being the Son of God? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Jesus quotes the basis of the Jewish faith, the Shema, claiming its truth for all people. But he doesn't stop there. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This command is like the first. It grows out of the first, extends it, and becomes part of the basis of all faith. But then Jesus questions them, referencing a passage in the Psalms about the Messiah. This confounds them all while pointing to himself as the fulfiller of all things, the one that brings life and proclaims the love of the kingdom of God. A revolutionary message we still need today. You see, to follow Jesus, to claim Jesus as Lord of our lives, as we do each and every Sunday, it is to fashion our lives around these two commandments. Love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbors as ourselves. Now, this is the moment where it would be easy to check out and be like, got it, okay, cool, thank you, I hear that all the time, we hear that all the time, we're all beloved children of God, perfect. What's next? It's easy to do that. But let's sit with this. The curious question before us today is what does it mean to call ourselves a Christian and because of that, love God and our neighbor? It seems easy enough, but I wonder if we have ever really thought about it. Loving God can seem mysterious, beyond us, but 
What if loving God is closer to us than we can imagine? This is a truth that Christian mystics have learned and taught for centuries. God is as near to us as our own bodies and souls. God wants us for God's self and to be known to us in the deepest places, even in the places we wish to hide. 14th century medieval mystic Julian of Norwich writes that our souls know God and desire God deeply because God made us and keeps us. She writes that God's goodness is always closer to us than we can know, and God desires us to cling to him. She goes on to say that, quote, our soul is especially loved by him who is highest, that it surpasses the knowledge of all created beings. That is to say, there is no being who can know how much and how sweetly and how tenderly our maker loves us, unquote. We are beloved children of God at our core. A truth so revolutionary it can be hard to believe. You see, for Julian, loving God with all of ourselves is only realized when we know that God desires us deeply, as intimately as we can imagine. And because of this soul longing, we love God with our entire being. It is a cycle full of compassion, grace, belonging, and the greatest love we have ever known. It is worshipful and holy. It is loving God with all our heart and soul and mind. Out of this depth of cyclical love with God flows our love of our neighbor. Love and compassion lead us to serve our neighbor in our community and the world around us. We give of our abundance to help those in need, to reach out a helping hand. Because we know God intimately, we desire to show that love to others. Liturgist Ruth Myers sees this as a Mobius strip, a never-ending, interconnected loop where our worship of God is our mission in the world in loving our neighbor. And this overwhelming love of God brings limitless opportunities to see, know, and love our neighbor as love pours into love in this blessed cycle. So, returning to that question, knowing all this, what does it mean to call ourselves a Christian and because of that, love God and our neighbor. Perhaps it is seeking God more intimately in our spiritual walk daily through prayer, reading scripture, or any number of other spiritual practices that we have received. Through those practices, we will find that God loves us more deeply than we can ever imagine. It will also ask us to examine those places that we want to hide or keep for ourselves, those places where hurt and bitterness wait, those places of unforgiving and pain. In the stillness and quiet of our souls, 
God desires to meet us because God loves us, and in turn, we love God with our whole selves. Maybe we are being called to look to those in our community, even those sitting around you here at Christ Church, that might be hurting despite their attempts to hide that life is hard. Instead of going along and keeping up the facade of what it means to be right and proper, what if loving God and our neighbor means seeing each other in our humanity and reaching out to the person next to you, taking off our mask and seeing each other as we are, not who we want others to believe we are. Perhaps you are one for whom life is overwhelming right now, and you desperately need help. No one knows how you struggle, and you don't know what is next. What if for you the best way to love God and your neighbor is to ask someone for help? The hardest lesson I have had to learn lately is that asking for help is a spiritual practice. And in that asking, all are given space to love God more and each other as neighbors. It is humbling to realize that people are not burdens. Circumstances and situations are burdens. But you are not I am not a burden. We are beloved children of God that need community. We need one another. You see, this is the ever-flowing, never-ending, always-beginning love of God and neighbor made real and tangible here and now. This is what it means to follow Jesus, to make him Lord of our lives to claim our belovedness and that of others. And my prayer is that God would give us the grace to live and receive that love in our lives. Amen.